Oh, thank you for that wonderful Easter anthem. Easter is not just one Sunday, but it is a season. And thank you for that testimony. Now is a great time to be a part of the music program here at Resurrection. We have two choirs, the Sanctuary Choir that you just heard and the Gospel Ensemble. Both rehearse here on Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock. They are no, re no um, auditions. <laughs> thank you for filling in that blank. <laughs> There are no additions, so just come and sing, and if you have a bad voice, we'll figure out some way to cover it up, but you can smile <laughs> and project your love and energy, and that will be wonderful, and uh, come and try out the Sanctuary Choir, the Gospel Ensemble, see which one is the best fit for you, and just let your voices sing. It's a great, great time to be a part of the music ministry here, and thank you again, Stephen Ponder, for your debut as conductor of the Sanctuary Choir. loved it all right do you ever find yourselves in your relationships saying to yourself when is she ever going to get it or when is he ever going to get it or in reference to your uh, your work situation do you ever find yourself saying when are they gonna get it or maybe if you're one of those persons who repeats frustrating patterns maybe you find yourself saying when am I gonna get it <laughs> why do I keep doing this again and again well this is maybe what was going through Jesus's mind when he offered the words that he offers in today's gospel Jesus is coming to the end of his journey on earth and he knows his time is limited and when he looks around at those who are with him, he finds himself asking, when are they going to get it? He's offered wonderful parables and wonderful teachings. He's walked with them and journeyed with them. Leading up to this scripture today, he has washed their feet and he has ministered with them at table. And so he's coming to a moment where he has very few opportunities to really teach. So maybe in one of those moments where he goes to the garden to pray, those moments where he goes alone, maybe he's calling out to God, God, what can I say or do that will help those who have followed me to really get it? Help me to know what to say. And what comes to Jesus is this metaphor, this parable that is offered in today's gospel. It's a metaphor that they would have been very familiar with. Everywhere they walked, they would have seen grapes and vineyards, the vine and the branches. And so Jesus wants to give them something that every time they see it, they'll think about him. And so he gives them this image we have today of the vine and the branches. And part of what he's saying is, this is what love is like. This is what maturity is like. This is what it means to grow. This is what it means to be community. The translation you have in your worship folder today is the new inclusive translation, but I also wanted to share with you a little different perspective of our gospel today. And this is from a paraphrase by Eugene Peterson called The Message. This is how he phrases it. Jesus says to them, live in me. Make your home in me just as I make my home in you. 
in the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine, you can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine, you are the branches. When you're joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood, gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my Creator is revealed. When you produce grapes, when you mature as my disciples. What's beautiful about this paraphrase is this whole idea of being at home with Christ and Christ at home with us. Growing up, this scripture was often used, and it's almost like it was hammered into our heads that we were to abide in Christ, and the way that happened was to constantly be thinking about Jesus and thinking about Christ. It was almost like this mind control thing. And we'd find ourselves sometimes slipping or going into other ways of thinking, and, and I'd say, okay, think about Jesus, get back to Jesus. And it was this almost like trying to force this way of thinking. What's offered in this image is that this flow becomes a natural way of being. It's as natural as being home. You don't have to think about it. You don't have to force it. You're just there. It's much more graceful. That's what's being offered here. Jesus is trying to get his final message across to his disciples. And if you look at this gospel, what he's saying is really three things. He's saying, stay with me. Just be at home with me every moment. Stay connected. And then he's saying, expect pruning. That yes, life is going to bring those pruning moments. Expect it. And then he's saying, branch out. Branch out. So the message today, stay connected, expect pruning, and branch out. What I also really appreciate about this scripture is how it gives us a model of maturity. He was really challenging his disciples to grow up. That it wasn't all going to be about these amazing, stunning miracles. It wasn't going to be this ecstatic baptism at every moment. It wasn't going to be constant praise and excitement. There were going to be moments on the journey of difficulty and challenge. And in maturity, you would find ways to grow through the challenges. So what does it mean to be connected, to remain, to be at home? It's to be about creating a mature and strong community, and that's not always easy. So what does it mean, Janice, to stay connected? To stay joined to Christ is to live from a mature place. You are joined to Christ when you encourage someone in their ministry. Even though you don't, you know that you might could do it better. You're joined to Christ when you go out of your way to spend time with somebody in a loving conversation and with careful listening. Even when sometimes inside your head you're saying, wow, this person can wear me out. <laughs> you're joined to Christ when you choose over and over again to live in forgiveness towards someone who has hurt you, 
especially when they don't seem to care. You're joined to Christ when you serve people in ways that no one will ever, ever notice. You're joined to Christ when you tell the truth, even if that means you're going to have to give up that part-time lover as you honor boundaries of others. Bottom line, to be joined to Christ is to move beyond excuses and rationalization to a place of truth, love, and maturity. Mm. It's not easy getting there. It's not easy making those choices of integrity in the moment to honor ourselves and to honor those around us. It means delaying gratification. It means respecting the relationships of others. That's what it means to be connected. It means keeping that connection between ourselves and Christ and our connection with others in our community by respecting those around us and honoring those around us and welcoming those around us. Standing for something, which is relationship and life. This really speaks to not only our deepest longing, but our deepest need. We really are looking for places of connection. Uh, one who had a vision of this kind of connection worldwide is one named Jean Venard. He founded a worldwide organization called L'Arc Community. It's a French word that means the Ark. And the whole idea behind this was to create places of belonging all around the world where people of differing gifts and abilities could come together to create community, to nurture and to help each other without a sense of hierarchy in these communities, circles of relationship and transformation and friendship. For some, the Lark community was their true home. John Venaro was one of the spiritual mothers to Henry Nouwen. Henry Nouwen was very high up in the academic world and on sabbatical he went and spent some time in the Lark community in Paris. And while there, he began to sense this deeper calling. And he came along some of the teachings of John Venar. One of the things he says is, more and more people are alone. Is it not essential then to encourage the creation and growth of places of belonging? If these intermediaries between people and society, these schools of the heart do not exist, people will find it more and more difficult to achieve maturity. In other words, we don't grow in a vacuum. We can't go off in some corner and just grow. We can't grow from a place of detachment. It is in relationship with all of its challenge and pain that we grow. I love the phrases that he uses here. Places of belonging and schools of the heart. Isn't that our vision, resurrection? To be a place of belonging where all are welcomed with their differing gifts and ideas and approaches and personalities and styles? And imagine a place like resurrection where hearts are schooled, nurtured, grown. That's the whole idea behind the chalice on Wednesday nights, to come together and pray together and learn in different ways to grow a school of the heart. It's what's happening right now in the activity building behind us with our children and youth. 
learning to serve each other, to love, to respect each other, and to grow together. Places of belonging, schools of the heart. This is what Jesus is saying when he says, remain in me, stay with me, be at home with me, live in me as I live in you. Let us stay together, the vine and the branches. Stay together. Now comes the tough one. Jesus says, expect pruning. (laughs) Yes, life will bring its points of pain. Circumstances will come that we do not like, that do not feel good. And yet, it is this that leads us to new growth. It's the heartfelt conversations. It's those truth-telling moments. There have been times when this scripture has been misinterpreted. Some have approached this scripture with the idea that it's like God is going around with a tool just whacking, 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 bringing pain and suffering into our life. And you hear that described in different ways. Some will say, I can't believe God allowed this to happen. She was so young, I I can't believe God allowed her to face this. God's not doing that. That's life. Life brings us these sort of circumstances. So where is God in this? God takes the circumstances of life, no matter how painful, and then uses those to bring about grace and transformation and new understanding. Pruning. It's not easy. Here's a description of what pruning looks like and feels like. There is no growth without pruning. Pruning is a cutting away that often feels painful. And when we face difficult circumstances or loss or hurt, we tend to focus on the pain. Yet the heart, it's being shaped. Our lives are becoming more fruitful. Though it may not seem like it at the time, God is taking our pain, our tough decisions, our wrong turns, our mistakes, our stresses, our betrayals. God is taking all of it and shaping us into a whole, strong, healthy, growing people of mature character. In unexpected and surprising way, the painful places become graceful places. Our lives reveal the wisdom and artistry of our Creator. God doesn't cause it, but God uses it. God teaches through it. God takes the pain and turns it to grace. And as we grow and mature in our lives, we become reflections of the Creator. We stand and bear witness to the work of the loving God. Pruning. Let's look at this from another perspective. I'd like you to meet Lita today. She is with the Pleasanton Vineyards uh, Nursery in Pleasanton, California, and she's pruning a Japanese maple. Let's see what we can learn from her. As you listen, look for some key words that maybe apply to the spiritual life. Here's Lita. We follow the basic rules, dead, diseased, crossed, crowded. And while I don't see much disease, I see some things that are, you know, little twigs and pieces that uh, maybe died back. But more what, there's a lot of growth here, so there's a lot of material that's mostly too crowded. Um, We want to keep the inside kind of clean. We want to keep the lines, as you can see, all the limbs grow up. 
but we don't need five and six and seven limbs at a time. So for instance, these two little limbs are all in the same spot, so I take them one of them out. Um, if we come up here, here's two more limbs. You can see this, they're, they're actually going to cross, but I can take one of them out, uh, and I think I'd like this one to leave that one because it's going to come out this direction. Um, even then, if we look at what's left, this has a lot of growth on it, and that's a little more than I would like because it's going to come into a growing season. So I would prune that shorter, and maybe the new growth comes outward this way. And again, if we look at, you can see there one, there's a limb here that has a lot of growth. Within a matter of an inch and a half, here's another limb with a lot of growth. It's all just too close. Here, here's one where things are crossed. You can see this limb is growing behind one, in through a bunch of others. That's just not allowable. <laughs> all right, did you catch some of those key words that could have application to our spiritual maturity and our spiritual life? She talked about in the pruning process, you want to remove the dead stuff. All of us could probably identify places in our life that served a purpose at some time, but no longer serve a purpose. Now, I'm, don't nudge your partner about this time. That's not the point here. <laughs> but it's, it's more things that we carry with us that are no longer useful. We've moved on and we've grown, and yet we're still carrying all that stuff, the dead stuff. And it's holding us back from the fullness of life. It is a possibility. There's value in the pruning. She also talked about removing the diseased. And as I spell that, I spell it D-I-S slash E-A-S-E. The places of dis-ease. The places of disharmony. Those can be voices and teachers to us that call for change. That call for a sense of moving forward. She also talked about the crossed, those places that serve cross purposes. Oftentimes that happens in groups because we don't take time enough to listen. We're just crossing all over the place. And yet if we got quiet and really listened and each shared, we could find a way to take all the cross pieces and move them into a sense of direction. And then she talks about the crowded. Sometimes we just have so much stuff in our lives that we can't get to what's important. Oftentimes the good crowds out the best. And so sometimes a thinning of priorities can give us renewed energy and focus. Pruning. We don't like it. We don't like pruning. We don't like being pruned. I don't like being pruned, and yet I need it, and I don't like pruning. A few years ago, I bought this beautiful purple sage plant, and I loved it so much that I removed all the other stuff around my door and planted it right there where I would see it every day, and where everyone coming to my home would see this beautiful purple sage. It smelled wonderful. It had beautiful blooms. I loved it so much that I watered it and fertilized it, but I could not take a blade to it. And that worked for two years. And then it started growing out and getting leggy, and then it had less blooms. And then I didn't know how to prune it at that point. And the next thing I know, I had a notice from the Homeowners Association. <laughs> it was too late to prune it. It was time to remove it. 
and it ended up right there on the curb on that fourth Monday waiting for the city of Houston what happened by not pruning it I literally loved it to death I loved it to death beauty grace transformation it doesn't always feel good but ultimately the mature and tough decisions and conversations lead to that fullness of life Jesus says stay connected with me remain in me expect pruning and then he says why so you can branch out so that you can take this transformation and this growth and this nurture and this love and transform the world with it it's never to be contained it's always to be offered shared it is the call of social justice and yet the strength for social justice comes through being connected and being pruned and then having something to offer there's so many ways that we can do this it can happen in every conversation can happen in our workplace in our neighborhoods and today there's a simple way that all of us gathered here can be a part of this branching out in the gathering place today we have the resolution for respect that we might be a community of respect with the anti-defamation league I'd like to share what the pledge is because if you look at this you will see that indeed this is about remaining connected and being connected with each other with those around us and it is about making tough and mature decisions every day and in every conversation this is what the pledge says I pledge from this day forward to do my best to combat prejudice and to stop those who because of hate or ignorance would hurt or violate anyone's civil rights I will try at all times to be aware of my own biases and seek to gain understanding of those who I perceive as being different from myself I will speak out against all forms of prejudice and discrimination and I will reach out to support those who are targets of hate I will think about specific ways my community members can promote respect for people and create a prejudice free zone I love this one I firmly believe that one person can make a difference and that no person can be an innocent bystander when it comes to opposing hate I recognize that respecting individual dignity achieving equality and promoting intergroup harmony are the responsibilities of all people by signing this pledge I commit myself to creating a community that is a community of respect that's branching out it's branching out from the deepest part of our heart to make a difference in all the world around us with every thought with every action and every conversation so what did Jesus really want to teach to those who followed him and to us today these simple thoughts stay connected expect pruning and branch out amen